The Injured Senior Podcast is here to help. Like it or not, the senior and elderly population is vulnerable to negligence committed by medical professionals, nursing homes, assisted living facilities, pharmaceutical and medical device companies, insurance companies, and everyday individuals and businesses. Your host, Steve Heisler, creator of the National Injured Senior Law Center, has been advocating for seniors' rights for over 30 years and is bringing you answers to your questions. This is the Injured Senior Podcast. Hello, Injured Senior community, and hope all is well. This is Stephen Heisler, founder and CEO of the National Injured Senior Law Center, and you are dialed in to the latest edition of the Injured Senior Podcast. The Injured Senior Podcast, my friends, is a show dedicated to discussing medical and legal issues of vital importance to the injured senior and elderly population, as well as their families, loved ones, and caregivers. We are gratefully sponsored by the National Injured Senior Law Center, the advocates for seniors and the elderly who are injured by the negligence of others. Catastrophic injuries to seniors and the elderly can tear their world apart, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and medical costs can deplete them of their life savings. If you believe you've been harmed by someone's negligence, say a hospital or a nursing home, Go to www.InjuredSeniorHotline.com or call 877-228-4878 to get help. So today we have Dr. Sam Sugar back for a second time. Uh, He was in an episode uh, several months ago, uh, did a fantastic job, really uh, is the expert on abusive guardianships and the elderly. And today we're going to talk about specifically how to prevent being placed under guardianship. Now, Dr. Sugar is a medical doctor and president of Americans Against Abusive Probate Guardianships, or AAAPG, an organization committed to exposing the corruption of the guardianship systems in the United States. In 2014, after experiencing the atrocities of guardianship firsthand, Dr. Sugar created Americans Against Abuse of Probate Guardianships. He has written a very important book, Guardianships and the Elderly, The Perfect Crime. Welcome back, Dr. Sugar. How are you doing this morning? Thank you. I'm doing fine. I appreciate being here with you. Uh, it's always good uh, you know, to have you on because uh, you definitely have uh, some vital, vital Uh, information and advice for our listeners Uh, and I want to thank you for agreeing to come back on the show because as I said earlier the first episode was fantastic as far as the information that you were able to give so let's get right into it Dr. Sugar why is preventing guardianships very important to our uh, senior and elderly communities First of all, thanks for asking the question. Thanks for having me on. And I hope that uh, in our little talk today, we can give some important tidbits and nuggets to your listening audience to help them avoid the ever-increasing threat of winding up in one of these guardianships ever during their lifetime. The reason why prevention of guardianship is so incredibly important is really related to the reality that getting out of a guardianship 
or terminating a guardianship is essentially impossible. Once these things start, they really cannot be stopped. The system is designed to make it very easy to fall into a guardianship, very easy to be caught up in this legal maze that is so opaque and so impossible to understand, but very, very hard, if not impossible, to ever get out. And that's why it's really important for us to have this discussion today, because there are some ways to reduce the likelihood, probably not to zero, but to reduce the likelihood that you or a loved one will ever be in this horrific mess called guardianship. Well, that makes a lot of sense, Dr. Sugar. Can the senior and elderly population rely on the state or federal governments to put restrictions on uh, guardianships of the elderly? Or uh, what are your thoughts on that? In order to answer that question, I've got to backtrack and take a slightly different perspective. And that is the reality that guardianship in the United States is really a state-based issue. In other words, every state in the Union, all 50 states, have their own set of rules, regulations, statutes, and customs when it comes to the concept which is originated from the English term parents patriae, which means the king has responsibility for all his subjects. This idea of guardianship came from England in the 16th century when they created uh, courts that were uh, courts of equity uh, run by the king in order to deal with issues that courts of law had trouble with. And these ideas came over when the Founding Fathers created the country and in 1939 decided that they would put all these courts together in one little package, which we now are stuck with. But each state, according to the Constitution and all the fights that led to the Constitution, retained what's called states' rights, including complete dominion over matters of inheritance. And so each state has its own individual approach to who should be in guardianship, how they should be run, etc. And to your question, there are tremendous barriers for any aspect of the federal government to become involved in any matters of inheritance because of that state's rights perspective. Now, hopefully, there will come a time, and maybe that time is coming quickly, where aspects of the federal government can be engaged to now, in this day and age, take some leadership role in mitigating the damages that are done at the state level. And just recently, we have seen some movement in that respect where uh, Congressman Jim Jordan and Matt Gates have requested of the judiciary chairman in the House, Gerald Nadler, to immediately hold hearings. Uh, this was stimulated by the Free Britney movement and the Britney Spears con- uh, conservatorship, which is the same as a guardianship in, in terms of language. 
And um, another request by Congressman Peter Stubbe from Florida to the uh, Attorney General uh, to hold similar hearings. But at this time, it's unlikely that the federal government, in any meaningful way at least, can play a role in minimizing the abuse that we have documented over the country uh, for so many years. It's a state-based problem. So it's promising. We have, uh, as you said, uh, Congress uh, having some hearings. Uh, we are in March of 2021, uh, but it's not anything to, uh, to get too excited about. It. There have been yeah. numerous uh, ADA lawsuits, uh, 1983-type civil uh, rights lawsuits, none of which have really gotten anywhere. But we're always hopeful that the federal government will wake up to the abuses that we've been seeing so frequently and so commonly and and so disturbingly from all around the country. It, It really has gotten to the point where this is no longer the secret that it used to be. And the abuses that are coming from the court insiders, namely the judges, lawyers, guardians, and all of their downstream enablers are becoming public. You can see them on websites, on Facebook, on Twitter. You can see them in the Free Britney movement and all of the others that are are so easily available. It's just astounding with all of these issues and complaints that uh, not more action has taken place either legislatively uh, on the state level or federal level or in the news media, to be perfectly honest, it has yeah. been a very big struggle to get the coverage needed to create a groundswell of public opinion to move the needle on this uh, on this very serious topic, especially for listeners who are elderly. Yeah. Well, hopefully, like like you said, uh, the tide will start turning. Um, so, Dr. Sugar, what, in your opinion? is the best way for uh, a senior or elderly to avoid being placed under guardianship in the in, you know in the first place it's a complicated question and a complicated answer but i'll do my best preventing a guardianship is very very difficult because guardianships typically especially the abusive kind typically result from family dysfunction, meaning that there is a dispute among potential heirs within a family about what to do with mother or father or grandmother or aunt or whatever, whatever relative. Uh, Oftentimes these disputes result from, from good intentions and occasionally they come about by nefarious intentions. We've seen cases where a distant niece or nephew suddenly pops up into the life of a wealthy individual and undertakes to put them in guardianship and their motivation would appear to be strictly what the lawyers would call pecuniary, meaning they're after their money. Other times there are honest disputes between, for example, siblings about whether mom or dad needs to be in a nursing home or whether they need to be cared for at home. There are disputes about money, of course. Money is what guardianship tends to be all about, generally speaking. 
And those disputes, when they lead to the retaining of an attorney who then goes to the court, um, can lead to a very tragic guardianship. So the first piece of advice for anybody who's really serious about never winding up in this awful position of having their rights stripped away by a court needs to get their house in order on a personal level. They need to take the action proactively to gather their family members and resolve their family disputes before they escalate into a a horrible guardianship situation. Whatever it costs, whatever it takes, it's much better than any possible alternative, including guardianship. If you can get your family on the same page, you've reduced the likelihood very much of ever winding up in a guardianship. Thank you for that, Dr. Sugar. Now, if somebody wants to maybe converse with you privately, could they send you an email if they have a potential uh, guardianship situation that they're not sure about how to go about uh, uh, fighting it? So the good news is, uh, the answer is yes. What we've done at AAAPG is to create a national network of advocates. As I mentioned earlier, all of these issues are state-based. And so while I am intimately familiar with the Florida statutes, because that's where I live, I don't know much about the Oklahoma statutes or the Nebraska statutes. So what we've tried to do is to create a national network of advocates who are familiar with the issue in their own states. And when people do contact me, I will likely take their basic information and the issues about which they're contacting me and pass them on to a local advocate or expert in the area in question who can then respond based on the information that they've learned over the years from me and other advocates um, and try to respond in an intelligent way as long as everyone understands we're not lawyers and we cannot give legal advice and we will not recommend attorneys. It's a very slippery slope to do any of those things But we will be available to listen, which is probably the most important part, and to let people know that they're not alone, and to give advice based on the experience that each of our advocates has had. That's great news. Yeah, that's that's really important. And uh, yeah, and again, you're not going to recommend an attorney, but you can, I guess, or you just can give them the names of a couple different attorneys that might have uh, experience in this. Again, it all depends. In states like uh, Florida and California and Michigan, where there's just such an enormous number of cases and there are a few lawyers that have proven to be trustworthy and reliable, of course. But in states like Utah, for example, um, because there's so very, very few abusive guardianships, not none, mind you, not none, we have a couple, but um, we, we might not have the names or be familiar with any of those. The point is, what we're looking to do is give people the assistance that we can 
to navigate a very opaque system that is different in every, not only every state, but it's different in every judicial circuit in every state as well. Here in Florida, there are 67 counties with 19 circuits, and each one of them has its own peculiarities and characteristics, and it takes a real intimacy from, from that area and within that area to be able to give reasonable advice. So that's the reason we set up the network and uh, be happy to try to help anybody who really needs it. That, yeah, that, that, that's coming full circle. That's even more of a reason not to get, you know, to do everything in your power to prevent a guardianship and not be in a situation where you have been uh, placed under the guardianship and then you really are gonna, you're gonna face some trouble. All right, Dr. Sugar. Well, it's, it's, as I said, it's great to have you. We will be talking to you soon, and uh, you have yourself a great day. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure indeed. Injured Senior and Aging Population Community, thanks for listening to today's episode. I want to thank again Dr. Sam Sugar for appearing on the show today with his great uh, encyclopedia of information. Uh, If you love the Injured Senior Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on your favorite podcast platform. If you want to share your story about any type of guardianship or any other type of medical negligence uh, that you'd like to uh, talk about your experience, feel free to email me at steve at injuredseniorhotline.com or go to our website Uh, www.injuredseniorpodcast.com and you can leave a message uh, by going to the website. It's been a great episode. It's great to have you here today. Until next time, I am so looking forward to next week's show. Stay safe and I will talk to you soon. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Injured Senior Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with us at InjuredSeniorPodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter. To find out more or to get help at any time, visit InjuredSeniorPodcast.com or call 855-622-6530. That's 855-622-6530.